Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I received a question from Carrie H., who asks, I have about $20,000 in credit card debt and want to know if it's better to pay it off using a home equity line of credit or a loan from my 401k. I appreciate the question, Carrie. This show will answer it by reviewing eight of the best methods to pay off debt and their pros and cons. You'll learn how to evaluate different options and know which one is best for you in the long run. Hey, friends, thanks for joining me this week. I'm Laura Adams, a money expert and author who's been hosting the Money Girl podcast since 2008 with over 40 million downloads. My mission is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, that's the best way to ensure you never miss a weekly episode. Also, I love getting your questions just like Carrie's. You can send them on our voicemail line at 302-364-0308. You can also email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. Before we get into the various ways to pay off debt, I want to step back and review the differences between good and bad debt on a high level. And while some people might think all debt is bad, some can actually improve your finances. So that's why it's important to identify your good and your bad debt. That will also help you know which ones to tackle first. Then we're going to get into the various debt payoff methods. So one way to know if a debt is good or bad is whether it pays for something that is likely to appreciate or depreciate. If you use debt to finance an asset that increases in value and ultimately boosts your net worth, it's typically good. But going into debt for something that loses value or deflates your net worth is terrible. For instance, a home mortgage, that allows you to buy real estate that typically appreciates over the long term. Now, while there's no guarantee that a home will be worth more, let's say in five years than it is today, real estate generally appreciates about three, maybe up to 5% per year historically. And certainly it could appreciate much higher than that in certain desirable areas of the country. Another example of a good debt is an education loan. While a student loan isn't backed by an asset like a home, it can help you earn more over your lifetime. As you know, a college degree is required for many jobs and industries, such as healthcare, law, and computer engineering. So depending on the career you want, taking out a reasonable amount of education debt can make you more employable. As I mentioned, bad debt finances something that loses value over time. For example, an auto loan allows you to buy a new vehicle. 
which typically depreciates by 50% within a few years. Of course, the depreciation rate depends on many factors like a vehicle's age, the make and model, and how well you maintain it. While a car loan is technically bad debt, of course, many people need vehicles for their businesses, jobs, or everyday chores. So it's wise to borrow as little as possible or finance cars that hold their value over time. Credit cards, this is another debt that is a bad debt. In fact, it's probably one of the worst debts out there because they charge some of the highest interest rates and they typically get used for consumer goods. Carrie owes $20,000 and didn't mention the card's interest rate, but let's say it's 18% APR. If you only paid the minimum monthly payment, it would take over 15 years to pay off that debt at that rate, and you'd end up forking over an additional $12,000 in interest. And the stuff you charged would likely be worth pennies on the dollar. Okay, now that we've reviewed the difference between good and bad debt, what's the best way to pay off your top priority debts? Well, first let's cover three popular methods. First, I'm gonna recommend that you make a list of your debts. Also include the interest rate, the balance, maybe the name of your lender. You might jot them down on paper or create a spreadsheet or a Google sheet. That will help you identify your good debts like mortgages and student loans and your bad debts like any high rate debt like a credit card, personal loans, and auto loans. Then you can prioritize those debts according to one of the following methods. A well-known method is called the debt snowball. This is when you pay off debts in order of the smallest to the largest balances, no matter their interest rates. For instance, if you have a $1,000 student loan balance where you're paying 5% interest and you've got a $2,500 balance on a credit card charging 18%, you would opt to wipe out the student loan first because it's smaller. So the idea is that the snowball can motivate you to stay disciplined and eliminate your more significant debts. You're kind of building momentum, sort of like building a snowball, getting rid of the smallest so that, you know, it keeps you disciplined to keep going. All right, the second method is called the debt avalanche. This is when you pay off debts from the highest to the lowest interest rate, regardless of the amount. So going back to my previous example, for that one, you would pay off the 18% credit card balance before the lower 5% student loan because that credit card costs you more in interest. I really like this method. I always use the debt avalanche method because I think it's the most cost-effective in the long run. Plus, if you plow that savings back into your debt balance, you can reduce it a lot faster. The third method is called the debt landslide. In this, you're going to pay off debts in order of the newest to the oldest. This method can help you improve your credit while you reduce your debt. For instance, if you got that student loan after you opened the credit card, you would pay off the loan first. The idea is that paying off newer debt boosts your credit because more weight is given to activity on newer accounts than older ones. So 
If the idea of raising your credit scores is important to you, and it could be vital if you're recovering from financial hardship or you're considering a big purchase right now like home ownership. While the debt snowball, avalanche, and landslide are some common elimination strategies, there really isn't a right or a wrong way to pay off debt. Any method that you can stick with and make steady progress will be a good one. I would encourage you just to pick one and get started. So once you get rid of your bad debts, that's at the point where you can consider tackling the good debts unless you've got a better use for your money. And I've done other podcasts about whether it's better to pay off debt or invest. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to those if this is a subject you wanna dive deeper into. For instance, if you can invest money for a higher rate of return than a debt's interest rate, like the interest rate on your mortgage or your student loan, you're usually better off investing. Another strategy for getting out of debt is to consolidate. We're going to cover five consolidation strategies that can likely save you money if you have one or more unsecured debts. These could be medical bills, personal loans, student loans, or credit cards, and you just want to get those paid off faster. Debt consolidation does not reduce the actual amount of debt you owe, but transferring it or reorganizing it can reduce your interest rate. And having that interest rate savings can make it easier to pay off debt. So we're going to go through five ways you may be able to consolidate debt and pay less interest. The first is to use a balance transfer credit card. This is when you move unsecured debt to a new or maybe even an existing credit card with a 0% APR promotion that may last up to 18 months. I think in some cases I may even have seen it rarely go up to 24 months. But every transfer that you initiate is subject to a fee and that could range from 3%, maybe up to 5% at the most. And that transfer fee gets added to your transfer balance. Now, once a transfer promotion ends, that, you know, 18-month period is over, your interest rate increases, and it could be very high, just depending on the issuer and, you know, what was uh, in your original agreement. Therefore, doing this is going to work best when you are absolutely sure you can pay off the entire balance before the promotion expires. So you want to have a plan to get rid of that debt within the 18-month period or 12-month period, whatever it is. By avoiding interest during a balance transfer promotion, you're going to save a lot of money. However, the amount you can transfer to a card will depend on the credit line the issuer offers you. That's going to depend on your credit and your income. And if you don't have good credit, you may not get approved for a balance transfer offer, or you may only be able to put a small amount of your debt on a card. Nonetheless, it still can save you money. So I would encourage you to use a comparison site like finder.com to shop for the best balance transfer cards. You want to look for those with not only the lowest interest rate, but the lowest transfer fees and maybe no annual fee as well. Choose an offer where you're going to come out ahead, even accounting for the transfer fee. The second consolidation strategy is taking out a personal loan. 
In this method, you're going to use a new fixed rate personal loan to pay off higher rate unsecured debt. You make monthly payments during a set repayment term. It could be three or five years, maybe even a little longer, just depending on the lender. The rate and terms a personal loan lender offers usually depends on factors like your income and credit. Remember that even though a personal loan may cut your interest, the shorter your repayment schedule, the higher your monthly payments will be. And you risk hurting your credit if you can't repay a personal loan as agreed. So you don't want to do a consolidation with a really high monthly payment if it's going to stretch your budget super thin. You can check out a site like LendingPoint, where you enter basic information to see your loan options without hurting your credit. And this is a really good option when you've got a larger balance to consolidate and you want a structured repayment term. The third consolidation option is a home equity line of credit, or HELOC. This is going to apply if you're a homeowner with at least 20% equity. Now, equity is the value of your property less what you owe for it. For example, if your home's market value, like if you could sell it today for $400,000, that's the market value, is $400,000, and your outstanding mortgage balance is $300,000, you have $100,000 in equity, or 25%. A HELOC is a revolving line of credit. It's kind of similar to the way a credit card works. It allows you to borrow an amount up to your credit line using your home as collateral. So it is a secured debt, but you don't need to refinance your existing mortgage. It's actually a second mortgage on your home. And since it is secured, it typically has a much lower interest rate than a credit card or a personal loan because those are unsecured debts. And you can use HELOC funds any way you want. It could be home renovations, going on vacation, or paying off higher rate debt. However, if you do opt to use HELOC funds for your home, it could be either to buy a new home, build a home, or even improve your existing home, a portion of the interest is tax deductible. But that is not the case if you use those funds for other things like debt consolidation. And like a credit card, you must make minimum monthly payments on a HELOC. Most have a variable rate, which means your payments can increase if interest rates rise. They can also go down if interest rates decline. Another downside is that the lender can foreclose on your home if you can't repay a HELOC. So, you know, there is that risk that you're putting your home up. It is a secured loan. So you want to shop around for the best HELOC rate with the lowest fees. Your current mortgage lender may be a good one to shop. They may be able to expedite your application using paperwork from your original loan, depending on how long ago you got your first mortgage. The fourth consolidation option is taking out a home equity loan. Again, this is an option if you're a homeowner with at least 20% equity. Like a HELOC, it's going to use your home as collateral without you having to refinance an existing mortgage. But instead of getting a variable rate credit line, with a home equity loan, you get a lump sum amount. And that's a set amount that you've got to repay over a term, which could be anywhere from five, even up to 30 years at a fixed interest rate. Like a HELOC, home equity loans generally have lower interest rates than unsecured debt. 
and you can use it any way you want, but a portion of interest is tax deductible when you spend it to buy, build, or improve your home. And as I said, the main downside of tapping your home equity with a line of credit or a loan is that if you default, you risk losing your home to foreclosure. Plus, there are closing costs similar to taking out a primary mortgage, which do add to the cost of borrowing. They typically aren't as high as getting your first mortgage. So I would consider getting multiple quotes, including one from your current mortgage lender. And the last consolidation option is taking out a retirement plan loan. If you have a workplace retirement account or you're self-employed with a solo 401k, most plans allow you to take out loans with a five-year repayment term. Note that loans are not an option with any type of IRA. So if you've got a traditional IRA, Roth IRA, SEP IRA, those do not allow loans. Now, while you do have to repay a retirement loan with interest, it's typically relatively low and it goes back into your own account. In addition, there's no credit check. There's no underwriting requirement or fees since you're borrowing your own money. You can borrow 50% of your vested account balance or $50,000, whichever is less. You can use a 401k loan for any reason, including paying off high interest debt. But remember that all those funds won't be fully invested in the market during the repayment, which could jeopardize your retirement, depending on how far along you are with saving. Another consideration is that a retirement loan must be repaid in full within 60 days if you leave your job for any reason or you get fired. If you didn't repay it on time, it would be considered an early withdrawal. And in that case, you would have to pay income taxes plus a 10% penalty if you're younger than age 59 and a half. All right, now that we've reviewed the most common strategies for paying off and consolidating debt, let's get back to Carrie's question. Is it better to pay off $20,000 in credit card debt using a HELOC or a 401k loan? Carrie, as always, there are pros and cons for both. On the one hand, a HELOC gives you a lot of flexibility to spend any way you like, but it does require a lender application, origination fee, credit check, and sometimes an appraisal to verify your home's market value. On the other hand, a 401k loan has no formal application or fees, but leaves you with less invested. And it could be costly if you separate from your employer for any reason and can't repay the entire balance right away. My top recommendation for you is to buckle down and pay off your credit card debt without borrowing any money. Ideally, you would stop making charges that you can't pay in full each month and create a $20,000 payoff plan. For instance, you could pay $3,333 a month for six months or $1,666 a month for 12 months and wipe it out. If you have multiple cards, you could attack them using one of the methods I discussed, the snowball, avalanche, or the landslide approach. However, Consolidating is likely worthwhile if you genuinely believe you can't pay off your cards within a year. 
The danger is that after wiping out your balance, you would continue racking up more credit card debt. So Carrie, I want you to be really committed to staying out of credit card debt if you do a consolidation. And without knowing more about your financial situation, Carrie, I'm going to lean toward the HELOC if I had to choose between the HELOC and the 401k loan. That's because I believe a retirement account should only be tapped as a last, last resort. Your retirement funds are just too precious to squander for any reason. And the potential penalties are way too costly. Carrie, I hope that helps you and everyone listening get a little bit of direction and perhaps inspiration to get your debt paid off. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. And our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. Mm-hmm.